Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin. This is Hashem Shalom Bayes, Shir number 130. Uh, we are discussing 10 needs uh, that a couple needs to be aware that they um, really um, are required to fulfill for each other in order to have a successful and fulfill- fulfilling marriage. Um, the third one we're going to discuss today is conversation. Uh, conversation is very, very important. And um, very often this need is more pronounced by a wife more than a husband, generally speaking. Now, what happens a lot is that when a couple is dating, when they're first dating before they get married, then the husband very much talks a lot, and the, the, the boy, he talks a lot, and he listens a lot, because he wants to know very much uh, what... Um, uh, his soulmate is like, and um, so during dating, there is usually an intense conversations of um, inviting each other to share with each other things that they find mutually interesting, things that even if one of them is not interested, the other one is, they'll they'll be interested in general because they want to learn, they want to know, they want to know who this person is, and it, there's a certain excitement there, a certain interest there. Um, and that's why by dating very often there's a, there's a tremendous amount of openness. And then what very often happens is after um, they get married and he basically knows a lot about her already and she about him and the com- conversations start to peter out. And, um, and that is a, a, a major issue more for the wife than for the husband, generally speaking. And, um, you know, because then she will notice that he starts talking about other things that are important to him, and he sort of reserves his silence for her alone. And uh, she resents that because she really needs the conversations all the time. Uh, constantly on a daily basis. That's one of the main ways that she bonds with him. And um, that is a sign to her that he cares deeply about her and for her. And she perceives this kind of caring by the way, you know, she uh, is listened to and by the conversations that he has with her and what the conversation she has with him. And that's how she feels that bond. It's, it's common that when a husband goes out of town and he comes back, it's common for the wife that, uh, to, have, to need a day or two to reestablish that bond with her husband like it was before he left. Uh, and women who marry to men who travel a lot Tell, tell people that, how it's hard to find to adjust when their spouse returns and it takes a day or two for the wife again to warm up to the husband, to engage back into conversations to the point where uh, she feels comfortable again to connect with him on a physical level. And um, that's why it's so important, especially it goes the other way around a lot of times too, but that the husband seriously needs to meet his wife's needs by giving her 
sufficient time and attention to have these conversations. And these conversations are not a matter of having like a checklist because you're you know, uh, all these obligations. Uh, we have to take care of the kids with that. We have to buy this. We have to buy that. Um, you know, and but but it, it's more than that. It is a type of conversation of talking in a very positive way, in a non-judgmental way, sharing their lives with one another. Um, things that aren't necessarily urgent, but they're important. It's a very important distinction. We didn't discuss yet that much, but we will. That there's a difference between urgency and importance. Very, a lot of things are very important, but they may not be urgent, and that's really what the conversations need to be. If the conversations are just on urgent matters, uh, we have to take care of this, we have to take care of that. It's important, of course, it's important, but that's not what we mean by the conversations that bond one to the other. That conversation is sharing, uh, sharing with one another of their lives, and that comes with talking to each other. And um, that's why, you know, a lot of it is that I am taking my spouse for granted syndrome, sort of. That um, That's why a lot of these great conversations that start during dating and the early parts of marriage fade. And at some point, there's disappointment about it and disillusionment about it, and they really need to think as follows, that one of the reasons why my husband, you know, your wife married you, and one of the reasons why your husband maybe married you, is because he or she thought that what we experienced, some of the pleasantries that we experienced during dating, the sharing, will continue for the rest of our lives. Now, I understand people are very cynical about dating, and, uh, you know, that it's just for show and so on and so forth. But really, a lot of it should not be show. A lot of it, especially the communication that's developed between the two and their likes and dislikes that they discuss in an open way. And that is a basis so that after they get married, they could learn from that information and what's important to each of them. And um, and a lot of it is clearly that conversation that they have with one another. The talking, it's an emotional need, more for the woman than for the man, generally speaking. And um, by doing so, it helps communicate their needs to each other, their other needs too. They have conversations about it. And they learn to meet each other's needs by discussing that. They become part of a conversation that communicates this information about their needs and about their goals and about their aspirations and about their personal parts of themselves. And that is a very important aside in conversation. Another interesting and very important thing is to know how to develop shared interest. So very simply, the husband has a certain circle of interests. We'll make a circle. Imagine a circle, and um, it's a separate circle. His interests, and there's a separate circle. Her interests, and they're not connected. Then, as usually you see in math, where very often that circle sort of merges with each other to a certain degree, where you have a certain place where they connect, where they both have a mutual interest, and that's where the circles meet. So there's his interests, there's her interests, and then there is this mutual interests that are 
you know, shared by the both of them that gives each one a sense of oneness that they often felt when they were dating because that's what basically each one did at the time. They all, each one expanded their circle of interest into their wife or their husband's interest while they were dating. And then what happened was after marriage, um, it's taken for granted for many reasons, and each one goes into their own circle, and they don't bother sharing anymore. And um, so that's very important to remember that, that if each person has their sphere of interests and aspirations, that the husband has one and the wife has another, and if they don't overlap at all, they're going to grow further and further apart. That's why it's very important when they're having these conversations to combine, to see where their interests meet and then go out of your box. Each one going out of their box to merge with the other, to have shared interests. And um, basically, and if you are you know, tight with time and there's a limited amount of time when you're able to have conversations, then you have to decide which way, you know, uh, to, to pick the most important things to be able to share. And again, there's conversations have its, has its rules. There's responsibility with it. It could be used in a negative way. Um, so you have to make sure you don't use it in a negative way. You don't make demands in the conversation with your spouse. You don't use conversation with hurtful expressions to, to, you know, to hurt each other. Or you don't use conversations to force agreements in your, to your way of thinking. It's, that's not the point. The point is not to convince you know, your theory or your shita on your husband or on your wife. It's supposed to be a mutual agreement. And also not to dwell on past mistakes. Those are conversations that could be used in a negative way. Caring partners, caring people in marriage, they converse in a caring way. And you, number one, you develop an interest in each person's favorite topic. You know what your wife's favorite topic is or your husband's favorite topic is. And you spend some time on that topic, even if it's not your personal greatest interest, but it is your spouse's. And you do that and you share that. You know what your wife is interested in and you do your best to share some of that conversation and bring up things that your wife is interested in so she should warm up to the conversation and have that mutual connection. And um, that's very important. There's also important of that each one, as they're talking, needs to sort of balance where one talks and the other one listens, and then that one talks and then the other one listens, where there's a balance where it's not like one person has the floor for the whole, let's say they have only 20 minutes to, sh to talk, um, or whatever it is, they only have 20 minutes with each other at this moment, where one person just does all the talking and the other one's just nodding the head and listening and just throws in a sentence or two. It's more ideal if each one has the opportunity to share with one another and sort of balance it out where each one is talking while the other one's listening for more or less pretty much equal time. Uh, this is especially true if there's not much time in the day to talk, if it was a hectic day. And you use conversation to inform your spouse about things, to investigate things, to try to understand your husband or wife better, 
And while you're doing this, of course, you give your spouse your undivided attention, you shut the phone, and you all the distractions, and you give that undivided attention. So sometimes it's important to remember those dating points, you know, when, when it worked well, those conversations, and get back to it. Get back to when it was good and make it even better. And um, a woman especially has a profound need to engage a conversation, to make her feel needed, to make her feel wanted. And for husbands, it's very important, if they, even if they travel, especially if they're traveling or they're away, it, it, they have to make sure when they come back, they need to work very hard to reconnect and restore that intimacy in the marriage uh, after an absence so that your wife can be comfortable with you again. Um, and if the wife goes away and has to travel, the same thing applies to her when she comes back. And time has to be spent on these conversations and um, no matter how tight you are money-wise or the pressures, it's very important to have these conversations. And so anyway, so that's basically the need number three that we discuss now and it's a very important one and, um, and may Hashem help that each one should develop that because it definitely creates a special bond between a husband and a wife and I think stereotypically, and it's probably mostly true, the wife especially needs this from her husband to have these conversations, to listen to her, and also to talk so she can listen to you and have meaningful conversations, not just about the crucial things that have to be done, but about sharing about their own lives and how they're feeling and how their day was and, and what their goals and aspirations are and really... Um, listen deeply as you're having these conversations. Have a wonderful day.